uh, our jobs to stop people. You know, the way to get off the field is you go three and out. You know, you be more precise and you be more exact in what you're doing and uh, do a, an effective job playing tough and physical and great uh, communication and great fundamentals and you get off the field. And that's my expectation, that we get to a point where we're, you know, we should have a goal and a vision for leading the country in three and outs. And, and that's where you get 11 guys playing together. And uh, we're, we got a long ways to go to do that. And um, But I was really pleased with a lot of the things from uh, from Saturday, but I didn't like our efficiency at times. There's a couple of drives that um, you know we weren't as efficient as a collectively as an, as a, as the 11 guys need to be uh, to get off the field and make layups and uh, you know things of that nature. So uh, you don't need to worry about what's going on offense. Your job is to stop people. Period. And uh, you know, stop making excuses. And that, not that they were, but I want to make sure that that narrative isn't doesn't get inside of our walls. Well, there you go. Um, I, I I completely understand what he's talking about, and you know that can that can feed negativity between the the offense and defense you know um if if the defense is constantly hearing that well the reason you guys you know can't get stops or can't shut people down is because your offense is going too fast well they start hearing that start thinking that and start repeating that and you know that's whenever you start getting cross chatter between offense and defense on the sideline telling the offense to you know, stop going three and out. Stop going so fast. Stop scoring. You know, it's it's something that you really don't need. We talk about it, but you know, even from that game, I I think it. I think some of the the tempo stuff followed quickly by three and outs. Whenever the defense was on the field for a long time, I think that kind of led to some of that. But, yes, it did. But here's the thing. You still had opportunities to get off the field defensively. Yeah. And they're not going to stop scoring. And you're not going to tell your offense to don't don't score in three plays. I And that's what Brett Venable said today. He's like, I, I mean, are you kidding me? Of course I want the offense to score that quickly. That's right. awesome. I mean, it completely takes the opposing team kind of out of their game plan. And that's I right. agree with him. It's just – and I'm telling you, man, like I didn't think it was – that big of a deal. I just wanted it to be cleaned up moving forward, but I think there's a chance that entire second quarter is differently if you don't have that false start or whatever that five-yard penalty was right. on that third and one with that first three and out. You you get a third and one, you probably pick up that first down. The defense gets to stay on the field or on the sideline longer. That drive extends a little bit. Who knows what happens there? Like that, and, and, and when we're talking about cleaning up, like that's what we're talking about right there. That could have affected the entirety of the second quarter. Right. And, you know... Just don't go three and out. Right. Don't go three and out. Don't have needless penalties. And, and you know, defensively, they had a couple of penalties themselves. And they had a couple of opportunities where they could have got off the field. Um, could have got a little bit better of a pass rush. And, you know, you can't put it on someone else. Like, like what's going on elsewhere? You can't, you can't let that creep into your mind that that's the reason why you're not getting off the field. So... I, I love what Venables is saying right there because it is the truth. Like, 
is there some type of impact that we could trace it to? Yeah. But guess what? That is not going to change. Yeah, I They're agree. still going to try and score. And if by going fast they gain an advantage by putting points on the board, guess what? They're going to do it. I um, I am in no way going to complain about the speed of this offense if it looks even just remotely this, this, close to what it did on Saturday. I mean, 21 points in, what, 15 offensive plays? Yeah. I don't care what it does to your defense. I'll take 21 points that quick on the first three possessions of the game. The defense will figure it out. They'll get their stops. All right, so we saw one game. So I'm going to throw out a few things here, and we'll just talk about if we need to readjust kind of our expectations, expectations about some things. And text line, I want you to play along with this as well, 651-3439. Um, is the quarterback run game going to be more of a threat than what we initially thought it was going to be going into the season after what we saw from Gabriel on Saturday. Uh, and it's hard to exactly nail down what everyone collectively thought the run game was going to be, but I, I think that his success in the run game surprised most people, I would I would probably say. I think it's going to be and, – and I I thought and I knew that he was a capable runner – but I think it's going to be more effective than I thought it was going to be. And whenever you face tougher teams where you have to you have to find an edge somewhere to help the running game, to move the ball, to find first downs, to move the chains, yes, I think it will become a larger factor. I do. I don't know how it's not. After how smooth he looked and his burst of speed. and it, It's not even just the speed to me. It's how he handled the zone read game. Yeah, You know, some quarterbacks it's look better than see. others with the zone read game. And he looked really good with that. He looked really, really just comfortable back there doing it. The, like the speed and everything. I don't know how it's not more of a thing than I what I thought it was going to be. Now... Do you get any concerns about injury? Because that's the one thing that we've talked about all offseason that could no. derail things for the Sooners. No, because he slid so well when yeah. uh, he was in the open field on Saturday. No. That made me feel a lot better about that. Burley Boomer says, yes, it's going to be more of a thing. Jesse says, probably not. One to two runs per game. They can't get him hurt. Well, see, I think it's going to be just a handful of runs per game. Like two, three, and it's all going to depend on how they're being played. You know, UTEP started playing this. They were blitzing off the edge, and those guys were crashing incredibly hard on the running back, so that's why he ended up pulling it. You know, had they not defended OU like that, he may have had zero runs on Saturday. So a lot of it is is just the look that they get defensively. Um I think it'll be just a smaller handful of runs until, like I was saying earlier, I you run up against a really good defense where you need some help moving the ball. You gain an instant advantage whenever you have the quarterback running game. But for the most part, for most of the games on the on the schedule, I do think it's going to be just a handful. But as you see the tougher opponents, you'll see a, a few more runs. Sticking, that doesn't mean like you're getting double digits, but there'll be a few more. Sticking with the running game, Eric Gray had the most carries with 16. He also had the most yards. But some will contend that Marcus Major was actually the more impressive running back, even though he only had seven carries to Eric Gray's 16. Do we need to readjust kind of our expectations 
of the amount of carries Eric Gray is going to get compared to that of Marcus Major? Or is that just a one-game sample size? Eric Gray still going to get eight, nine more carries than everyone else? I don't know. Is, is this something that we should concern ourselves with? Uh, I mean, not in terms of how many games that they're going to win, but DeMarco did say, like, this is Eric Gray's group. And, like, my question is, did Marcus Major show something to where the split needs to be closer to 50-50 than it was in game one? Mm, I think it – I think it probably would have been – closer to 50-50, but some of Marcus Major's carries went to Javante Barnes because of the score. You know what I'm saying? Like in a typical game where you're not it's not a blowout and you're you're getting like young guys in there to get some some fourth quarter reps, that would be Marcus Major time, right? So like the four carries that Barnes got, I think would most likely in a scenario like that go to Marcus Major. So uh, in a typical game, it probably would have been 16-11. Yeah, I, and I guess we don't know for sure how they're going to handle the fourth quarter of games if they got a defense that's gapped. Like, is Marcus Major going to be more of a factor in the fourth quarter than he is the first three? I, I don't know. I, I just think that like, – I don't know what, what it's going to look like on a – and I don't know that the coaches know what it's going to look like on a game game in, game out. Uh, situation, but I just happen to believe that Eric Gray and Marcus Mer- Major work really well together in tandem. Five eight zero. Marcus Major looked different than Eric Gray in a good way, but Gray has seniority, so we have to stick with him and let things play out with the running back room. Nuke says, "I don't know who's better, but Marcus Major looked more impressive on Saturday." Really? Sooner Soldier says Eric Gray should be running back three. Man. <laughs> really? I uh, I knew that there were some people that thought Marcus Major looked better, but man. He looked good. I thought Eric Gray looked, looked great on a lot of his carries. He looked fantastic. He was falling forward. He was, he was making guys miss. There was one run where there's three guys that are in the hole – to make a hit on him, and he jukes the guy on the outside out of his cleats and gets outside and then back up the field for like a seven, eight-yard carry that should have been dead at the line of scrimmage. And and those are just the plays that he didn't make a year ago. So I don't know, man. I I don't know why there has to be a distinction between the two. They're two different style of running backs, and they happen to work really re- well together. I think there's going to be games where uh, the inside backers are a little tougher, a little more physical, and maybe that's a game where Marcus Major, you need him in there because he runs downhill a little harder. There's going to be other games where maybe you attack the edge and the perimeter a little bit more, and that's where Eric Gray can really rack up some yards on the outside with his abilities in space. So... I think they're different, and I don't necessarily think we have to say that one is better than the other. Yeah, I don't know why, but this isn't a pro-Eric Gray text line. Eric Gray needs to be fourth. Javante Barnes, better than both. Stop playing seniority over talent. Uh, 
Too much bias for major. Javante Barnes. Now, hang on a second. Go back to that. Barnes is better than both. Stop playing seniority. The dude fumbled on his first carry. <laughs> okay? I, they are letting the uh, smash of that uh, right. the back or whatever it was hide the, uh, the fumble. Right. He fumbled on his very first carry. Ball security is the most important factor for a running back. Right? And... I, I think Javante Barnes is going to be excellent. I love what he brought. But you can't see off of four carries in the fourth quarter against a defense that's been worn down the entire game, tackling Marcus Major and Eric Gray, and fresh legs comes in after they've spent three hours in the heat and say that, oh, he's the best. Look how fast he looks. Well, yeah, because everyone else has you know 60 plays in them at that point. I'm in the Eric Gray camp, has more wiggle than Major for sure. Gray running back one to me. We don't use the term wiggle anymore as much as we used to. He's got a little wiggle in him. Here's the thing. (laughs) I missed it. You don't have to be an Eric Gray or Marcus Major camp. They both work really well together. This is really devolved on the text line. I'm looking at it here. My goodness. I told, it was a hot. That's when you said, "Do we really need to concern ourselves with it?" I, what I wanted to say out loud is, "Give it about ninety seconds, and yes, text line will see that it's worth your time, worth our time." I don't understand that though. It it does it doesn't have to be either or. You know, both guys carried the football in the in the game against UTEP. Uh, Eric Gray had a six and a half yard average. Marcus Major had a seven and a half yard average. Why does it? Why would you want to eliminate one of those guys and just go with the other? Well, here's the best point of all from Jim in Arlington. It's all about who sounds the best from the PA guy when they're running the ball. That is that is it. And the best guy from the PA voice is Javante Barnes. Yeah, that's true. I didn't factor that in. it! See, these are the things that I have a hard time picking Did up you, on. Did uh, you think of me at all when you heard uh, third? He really uh, let the third down call go pretty long last Saturday. I was impressed. I did not think of you. Mid-season form already. Because I did not hear that at all. Unbelievable. I can't hear. I've got, like, headphones on that I can't hear anything other than the broadcast. Uh, Two more real quick. Did we see anything on Saturday that we need to readjust our expectations that Marvin Mims will not be wide receiver number one? Nope. Me either. Though Gavin Freeman is clearly... Wide receiver number two. Wide receiver or running back? <laughs> Both. Percy Harvin out there is what he is. He didn't He didn't get any carries, but he had the most explosive run on the day. Uh, last one. Let's throw something out defensively. Uh, do we now need to start discussing that Reggie Grimes is going to lead the team in sacks this year? Two and a half sacks, in case you didn't notice on Saturday. It's a hell of a jump start. I mean, sacks aren't easy to come by. So if you can if you can pick some easy ones up early in the year against UTEP, uh, and and jump out to a big lead like that, yeah, I think there's a there's a pretty good chance the next what well, Aguebu got a sack, um, Isaiah Coe, Ethan Downs had one, R. Mason Thomas had a half. I mean it, it's pretty good to get out to a jump two and a half sacks. I I I don't think that he'll lead, but I still think R. Mason Thomas is. Of the group that that got the most play out there, I still think he's the 
the purest pass rusher, but as we found out, it's hard to get those those easy one-on-ones that had backs chipping off the edge, had tight ends over uh, over the top of them, so it, it was difficult to, to just get a one-on-one pass rush, so we'll see. <laughs> who cares who our running back is? Half of the crowd doesn't care because they leave at halftime. We should be talking about how poorly our fans are. I don't want to get in that. We did that yesterday. Do we really? Come on. No more oh, okay. crowd stuff. This Here's week, the thing. Please. Here's the thing. Was was the atmosphere electric? No, it was not. Was it, it? It it really you know other than the very beginning of the game, it wasn't very good. Um, but like I said, I'm willing to let some folks off the hook because of how incredibly hot it was out there. It was not an easy game to attend, particularly when you were on the east side. Now, I don't know what the west side looked like. My guess is it probably looked way better than the east side. But there are no excuses coming up this Saturday against Kent. You've got uh, a later game. The sun's going to be down. The evenings have been really nice. I don't know what Saturdays is supposed to be like. And, my gosh, we get to see the new LED lights. Come on. Oh, That's reason enough to hang around till dark, I forgot dark, about that. And you got maybe a – not maybe – a five-star defender in on a visit this weekend. Quite possibly two five-star defenders in on a recruiting visit so, this weekend. I'll tell you. I, no big deal. I'm, I'm making excuses for the fan base – in week one, I'm not. There will be no excuses at all in week two. Zero. All right. Unless it's played on the surface of the sun, like the entirety of the game was on Saturday. What a tease that was! Hey, it's only going to be 90 for the season opener. Well, like in all 900. fairness, it was 110 like the previous God. 90 days in a row. So it looked like a nice little respite, but it was not. Uh, hopefully it's played on the surface of the moon, like I said yesterday. That was in, pretty awesome. Instead of, I love uh, that so much. Instead of the sun. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Keep the wild text messages about how bad our running backs are coming in. 651-3439. Opinions. You've got them. We want to hear them. Sound off 24-7, 365 on the Air Comfort Solutions text. You know, we talked about it in the hotel Friday and then on on Saturday, obviously, both of us just incredibly thankful uh, for the opportunity that, that we both have. And then to be able to do it together when, man, when you're having fun, you care about the people that you're around every day, you got a chance to pour a little more into it. And so that's, uh, that's something that's been awesome for us and uh, excited for him to, to be able to go get that opportunity. His first outing was, was good, and he's going to continue to play better. There's OU offensive coordinator Jeff Lebby. Keep those texts coming on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Did you see that OU commits four-star athlete out of Mustang, Jacoby Johnson? He got his car stolen. What do you mean he got his car stolen? I don't know how I need to explain it any further than that. Not something stolen out of his car. He legitimately got his car stolen. I feel really bad for the guy that that happened, and I'm hoping that Sooner Nation here can uh, track down who uh, who did this and get the get his car back. It was stolen Friday night, so I guess while he was playing a football game, his car got stolen. Did they have any leads? 
Uh, does not say if they have any leads. Black 2015 <laughs> Hyundai Sonata has a cracked passenger side headlight. Tag number IAL187. I served that up for you to give the big Lebowski response uh, whenever he gets his, his yeah, car I, stolen. I, I whiffed on that. Um, it reminds me of a story. I had a bunch of stuff stolen out of my car in the same manner. Was parked at the hike school whenever we played Wagner on the road. I came back, got into my car. And lo and behold, stereo gone. Mm. Uh, did you find out who it was? Yes. Did you kill him? Wanted to. What did you, what did you do about it? Did you just act like a punk and not do anything? He what, gave it back do? to me. <laughs> why, <laughs> why did he just give it back? Because so... I knew I threw some quick detective work and uh, pinning some people down. Got the information I needed. Got my stereo back. Who who was it? Was it someone from a rival high school? Someone from your high school? No. Inside information is uh, is how he uh, he found out that. Well, he didn't find out. He knew we were going to be gone and out, and um, so he came and um, came and did it. But I found out. I got my I got my two 12-inch uh, kickers back to put in the trunk of my horrible Mazda 626. You know what? I am actually really proud of you. Um, this is the second story I've heard from your childhood or from your time at Fort Gibson where you've got something stolen. And the second time around, you didn't need your big sister to fight your battles for you and get your stolen property back. So I'm I glad know. that you really matured and got a little bit tougher as you got older. Big sis didn't need to rescue you. I know. Rescue you on this one. I know Good. it. Um, well, that's probably why they were so quick to give it back because they knew my sister would be <laughs> yes. coming at some point. Yeah, accurate. If it came to blows, big sister was going to show up. Uh, let's see. Text line. G- guys, I... Gunny, I love you. You know I can't read that text out loud. Why aren't you going to hammer me for having a more expensive stereo than what the actual value of my car was? Because that is every single kid at 18 years old. Teddy, Especially I had a that- truck with rims that were more invaluable than the entire <laughs> 1992 Chevy Silverado that I had. That, that's, not, that's nothing new. The stereo isn't a thing anymore, though, is it? Like your own, like stereo that you put in your junky high school car that's is that that's not a thing anymore right i don't feel like cruising is a thing anymore with high school kids now granted i've been out of that scene for quite some time now i'm not looking for the high school kids that are cruising around town but that used to be a big thing in chickasha when i was in oh, high school yeah. everyone from ninicaw ampo minko Verdon would all uh, converge on Chickasha. Oh, so six people the, converged on Chickasha. Well, you had Cowboy Corner that was over there. Um, you kind of had different groups. Some groups would hang out at Homeland. Uh, it was nice. Yeah, it was very clickish. Very when, clickish. I don't when think I that first got anymore. to Norman, I don't think kids talk to each other face to face anymore. No. Why would you whenever you can do stupid dances on TikTok? And that's that's how you spend your time. When I first got to Norman, There was, well, it was almost impossible to get back and forth down Lindsay Street because it was just two lanes. But all the high school kids from Norman hung out in that right across from Classic 50s. Weird. 
But, yeah, no one does that anymore. If we play on the surface of the moon, wouldn't Booty have to be the starter? That's from Jesse. Yes. Yes. If we played on the surface of the moon, then I would go with Marcus Major instead of Eric Gray. Sam and Tulsa, none of our running backs are super special this year, but they will improve along with the line. My biggest takeaway from Saturday was how much bank Braden Willis is going to make performing like he did week after week. Can't wait to watch him this season. Yeah, he was he was really good. Um, hmm. Are you willing to say that we don't have a running back that's special? I mean, what is – no, I'm not willing to say that. Like, it's, it's one football game where the team rushed for over 250 yards. Right. So, no, I am not. I, was Rodney Anderson special? At the beginning of the 2017 season? No, yes. he was an afterthought on the roster. Stop trying to interject no, there. I'm he sa- was special, special at the end of the year. No, over the summer, there was a video of him jumping out of the pool. So, yeah. isn't that what we no, base our- that was going into the 2018 season. Oh, okay. That, the pool jump had not all happened right, just all yet. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. So, no, I'm not willing to say that just yet. Mostly because I don't want you to corner me into saying that after week one. And then week six, I look like a moron because Eric Gray is just running all over the place. All right. Eric Gray went over 100 yards. Will we have a top three leading rusher in the Big 12 this year at season's end? Here's how it stands right now. Hmm. Um, First place, Deuce Vaughn, 126 yards on 18 carries, seven-yard average. Wow. Wow. Um, Jarrell Brock, ISU, 104 on 16. Eric Gray, 102 on 16. And then next is Bajon, 71 on 10. Well, we know he's going to opt out after week six, so Bajon Robinson's not going to be a factor here. He could, you know, you'd like to stack some numbers in the non-conference. It could be difficult to stack some numbers this week (laughs) for him. Stack any numbers whatsoever. Oh, boy. Yeah, Alabama's going to make it a point to shut him down. Ugh, that's that's going to be tough. Um, in the offseason, I probably would have said no. Um, I, I Yeah, I think Eric Gray could get to number three. It's, I mean, here's the caveat, though. The number of carries have to be spread out like they were on Saturday because Deuce Vaughn is going to get a heavy amount of carries. Iowa State's running back is going to get the bulk of the carries. Like If Eric okay. Gray truly is the number one guy from here on out, yeah, I think he could be number three. All right, listen to this. Now – Deuce, what they got Missouri coming up, right? At home, yes. Um, that's going to be a more difficult game. He still could have a good game as, as good as he is. Iowa State has Iowa. Those yards are going to be tough to come by. Bajan has Alabama. Yards are going to be tough to come by. I mean, there's a decent chance that Eric Gray could be the Big 12's leading rusher after next week's game. Right? Well, I would say that that should probably be the expectation. Well, I don't know. Deuce is... I know he's real. I'm just saying, like, there should be a monster game from the running game this Saturday. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think he should actually exceed his numbers from last week. I think Eric Gray's numbers should be better than what they were a week ago. I mean, are, are we counting on the offensive line to be better than they were last week? I, I mean, I sure hope that that's the case. And if that's the case, I mean, Eric Gray should have better numbers. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Yeah. 
So, and by God, if Northwestern can run on Nebraska, OU should be able to. So my question, once again, will we have a top three rusher at the end of the year? Number three, yes. Okay. All right. Like it, love it, or hate it? We, we absolutely should have a top three rusher at the end of the year. I think we're going to lead the Big 12 in rushing at the end of the year. So if that's the case, and I know we're going to split duty to a certain degree, but I, I think that you should have a guy that's in the top three, yes. It's going to be tough. Baylor's going to be really good running the football, but they got a tough, tough matchup this week. Um, so, you know, yeah, I think we should. Yes. Am, am I, what am I missing? They're like a three-and-a-half-point dog at BYU this week. Am I missing something here? I think Baylor's the, the better football team. I agree. I don't know what's – that makes me nervous that I feel this confident that Baylor's better and probably going to win. I, I was shocked by that as well. So, I don't know, I don't know what, what's, what's going to happen, what to expect, but um, I, I'll take Baylor. Trying to look at some other games. Tennessee at Pitt is fascinating. That's a top 25 matchup. Tennessee is ranked 24th. Pitt's ranked 17th. Tennessee is a six-and-a-half-point favorite at Pitt on Saturday. Yeah, that is. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. They're going to score, buddy. So, I I don't. Pitt's got a good defense. Um, they got a good, good, tough defensive line. That's a good game, though. I mean, Pitt is they. They're way better than I thought they were going to be coming yeah. back into this that, year. That is a strange line. There's a few strange lines. That's a strange line. Another strange line is Tech is favored at home over Houston by 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 a field goal, but Tech not going to be playing their starting quarterback this week. Yeah. Well, that backup kid's pretty good. So, and I don't know what to, I don't know what to say about Houston. You know, it's everyone thought coming in the year they're going to win ten, eleven games. I know, I know. And then uh, Iowa minus three and a half. I, we don't know if Iowa's going to score three and a half points in this game. That is something to consider. They play Iowa State. What's the uh, What's the over under? I think twelve. It, hey, <laughs> As as little as we care about Iowa State, wouldn't it be kind of hilarious if Iowa puts up like fifty two on oh Iowa State gosh, on yes. Saturday? Yes, uh, the over under is forty and a half in that game. God. I think I would take the under. It would be if Iowa were to win this game fifty two to three. I that that would bring me a lot of joy for some odd reason That's for a game funny. that I don't really care about all that much. OSU well, an eleven point favorite over Arizona State at home. And please, God, Stanford, yeah. let's cover that nine and get an outright win against USC at home. There's let's n- go, boys. Come on. I'm sorry. There is – and tell me if you disagree with this, but there's no way Stanford covers the nine against USC, is there? <laughs> no way? What do you mean? They're Cal- not any good, are they? Is that they? you, Colin Cowherd? I can't see all that well. No, when's the last time Stanford had – even a decent football team. I don't know. When's the last time USC had a decent football team? Well, f- I mean, fair point. But, you know, I, the talent separation at the two is, you know, even though it's transfer guys and it, there's still way better players. I can't believe Not that smarter, you're saying better. this right now. Like, what are you doing? I don't even care if that's how you really feel. If you had to wager on the football game, where would you put your money? Where the hate is at. <laughs> Stanford money line. I don't even need the nine. I'm betting hate. Stanford money line straight up. That's the only way to do it. Teddy, I would rather lose. I, honest to God, I'd rather lose 
on Stanford money line than I would betting USC minus the nine. Yeah. I don't want that money. That's dirty money to me. Don't dirty want money. It. Yeah, I hear you. I understand. And I think a lot of people get where you're coming from. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. A couple of segments left on a Tuesday. Keep hitting the text line, 651-3439. Opinions. You've got them. We want to hear them. Sound off 24-7, 365 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Riverwind Casino and Hotel bringing you the final hour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman inside the Brown O'Haver studio. Do you have it in you to hear uh, North Carolina head coach Mac Brown say, what did he say exactly? Uh, get hip and get some drip. You have it in you to hear Mac say that? Oh, man. At first I was like, how bad could whatever it is be? Sure. But then after that, you know these things are hard on me. But, yeah, let's go ahead and try it. Mm. Uh, yeah. Is that exactly what you thought it was going to be? Uh, Y'all all got to get hit and get some drip. It's actually, I think it's actually worse than, uh, like, it, it's almost like he's reading it off of a sheet or something. <laughs> he, um, was it, whose touchdown? He was doing Antonio Brown's touchdown dance. I don't. I didn't know what Antonio Brown's touchdown dance looked like. It was just like in the, in the caption of the video, but... Yeah. He did some kind of dance in the locker room after his team. Who did they beat? Did they beat Appalachian State? Yeah, I think they beat yeah. Appalachian State on Saturday. Yeah. Made me mm. very uncomfortable to see Mac dance like that. I just – I got to tell you, I don't know if it's worth the 6 or $7 million a year if I have to dance like a total idiot uh, at the end of a game in the locker room. All right. That is the expectation now. I after I, a big win, I would pretty much rather do anything else in the world than that. The most um, Gundy looks natural when he does it. Give him that. Mac, not so much, but Muleshoe would look the most awkward. Beamer trying to be cool and dance. Beamer looks pretty good doing it, just because uh, zero rips given from him. Uh, yeah, I guess for certain coaches, it kind of fits their. I, like what exactly like like what their personality is? Saban'll even dance in uh, when he's at the recruits' house. Now say that again. Saban will dance uh, yeah. when he's at the the recruits' house. You know he was thrilled about them putting that out there, yeah. right? <laughs> do we know? Did we ever do a, a welfare check on that kid and where he came from? Uh, they're buried underneath a thirty yard line at Bryant Denny <laughs> Stadium. Uh, last I heard, OU's up to number seven in the AP poll. They were number nine last week. ESPN says the newcomers, head coach Britt Venables, quarterback Dylan Gabriel, etc., look good for Oklahoma on Saturday in a 45-13 win over UTEP. Uh, Gabriel completed 15 to 23 passes, yada yada yada. They shouldn't. They should be able to handle Kent State in Week Two as well. But their next two games at Nebraska on September 17th and home against Kansas State on September 24th will indicate how seriously. They should be taken as both Big 12 and college football playoff contenders. Yeah. Yeah. 
I agree with that. Now, let me ask you something. Like, don't factor in improvement. Just factor in what you saw on the field Saturday. How confident are you in that team beating Kansas State at home? Uh, I am fairly confident that that team would beat Kansas State at home. Really? Yeah. And same thing with Nebraska on the road, I'm assuming. Yeah. University you, of you, Texas? You're talking about like the actual product that I yeah, saw not, on not Saturday. Not like you saw, and they're going to get better here, and they're going to get better there, and they're not yeah. going to have this penalty. Now, look, and-, I, and I could see why you would question where you're like, fairly, really? But I'll say this. I don't care who you're playing. If you can get up 21 nothing. And I think that OU would have gotten up 21 nothing on a lot of teams on Saturday with how quick they were rolling. Would that have happened against Kansas State, Nebraska, or Texas? I don't know, but they would have scored some points with how fast they were going early in the efficiency. So, with that being said, in the early lead, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I think you – I think you're hmm, – I'm baking on – Massive improvement between now and then. As we all are, yeah. Yeah, I guess what I'm saying is, like with that with that product, it's hard to say how great I how how good I would feel because I I didn't get a chance to see Kansas. That's what I'm saying. Like if you flipped it the other way, that's you know, I I didn't watch any of Kansas State. Who'd they play? They absolutely destroyed them. Whoever it was, um, so I. They got an O lineman out for the year, I think. Kansas State does. I hate to see that. I want everyone at their absolute best. Don't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, not really. I'll take it however I can get it. I don't care. South Dakota is who they played. They won thirty-four nothing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess I. I guess I feel. I guess I feel confident about it. I would really like to see our offensive line fully intact because like that is I I guess part of my hesitancy is you know I was told that our offensive line is the strength of the football team. Well, it did not look like the strength of the football team against the University of Texas El Paso. So I it guess look, it looked like the weak links, I mean to that's, be honest. That's where my concern lies. So I'm banking on um, a way better effort from that group. And, you know, Wanya Morris being back is going to be a big factor in that. So, yeah. No, that that is the – I mean, there was about 50 most intriguing things to watch last Saturday. The most intriguing thing to watch this Saturday is, I mean, the offensive line. Can they play clean? Can they keep the pocket clean? Can they establish a running game? Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, Not close. Because here's the thing, like – Tyler Guyton, I think, is going to be a really good player in time. He just has, doesn't have – he has hardly no experience at all playing tackle in big-time football. Um, I If Tyler Guyton had to start Saturday against that edge rusher from Kansas State, it would not be a fun day. You know, so – that's oh, you mean like uh, Kelvin Banks, offensive tackle at Texas, going up against Will Anderson and Dallas Turner this weekend? Is that yeah. what you mean? Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. Um, so that's that's kind of where my concern is right now. But that is the product I saw Saturday. I expect the product I see this Saturday against Kent State to be much improved. 
um, we'll see. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Final segment is next.